Amen. Let me jump right into the word um, because I, I, for the next four weeks, let me say this um, kind of a preface, then I'll pray, and then we're going to begin. Um, for the next four weeks, I will be, uh, they told me to do this, I will be um, kind of a conference style. Y'all give me a moment to set this up. I'll be doing more of a conference style uh, as it relates to how we're going to be preaching and teaching. So I need you to walk with me. I need you to kind of hang out for the next four weeks for you to get the message in its entirety so today, all I'm doing is just laying some foundation, um, laying, I guess, just setting the path to where we're going to be going. So um, pray for me this week. Normally, I am one of those uh, type of preachers that I go to a text and I hang out with the text and exegete the text and do applications and illustrations from the text. But uh, today, we need to go all over the Bible for a little while. If you're visiting, um, don't say, man, he was all over the place. I'm telling you what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you that I know that I'm doing that. Uh, my nervousness in doing that is clarity, and I want you to. I'm, I'm praying for clarity because normally when preachers preach, you say he went from Genesis to Revelation. What he talk about? I don't know, but he preached the Bible, you know. <laughs> so I need to, I need to lecture to you for the next four weeks, and the lecture I think it's going to help you. It's going to help the church. It's going to help me. It's going to help us all align with God. Because um, I think Marcus is no accident. Um, I think Tracy is no accident. Um, I think Jeff is no accident. I want, I want you all to hear me in, in what I'm saying. And um, the people that God are bringing back, the people, the new things that God is doing, it's no accident. And we need to learn how to hear from God. So I'm just going to go flow this morning just for a little while just to kind of talk through some things. And I'm, today I'm standing up next week. Next week I'm going to sit up the week before on and on and on and on so he can go. So here's what I want you to do. I need you to come out on Wednesday night because Wednesday um, we get a chance to explain and clarify more of what I'm saying to you. And um, it, Wednesday is going to really be like more conference style after we pray and allow God to have his way. So I need you to come to engage me and interact with me. Even if you hear something um, that's said this morning that might not be clear, that might not make sense that you might even disagree with, uh, feel free to come and let's wrestle with that. Amen? So grab your Bibles. Yeah. Say that again. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's after the message. I'll talk about that. Remind me then. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's go there. And um, I want to begin there. And then we're going to pray and allow God to move and have his way. So take some notes if you need to this morning just so you can kind of walk with us so we can hear what God is doing and what God is saying in our midst. Everybody say breakout. Break I'm going to say it again. Say breakout. Break Good. Um, we, that's been our theme for the entire year. And um, God has me as a play, at a place right now where we need to put nuts and bolts on that. So go with me to verse 1. I'm just going to read one verse and then we're going to walk through this to um, hear what God is saying. And what God is doing in our midst. A quick second. Eddie kind of, y'all bear with me just for one. Wow, tech team kind of showed me how to do this. And I am messing up. So I'm going to get it right. And um, I don't want you to go to sleep. Maybe I can get Eddie to come help me real quick. Uh, we'll be all right. I don't know how to do it. So we'll be fine. Okay, let me read. And then let's go to work. Okay, notice what it says, one verse. 
I mean, from the ESV, the NIV is a little different, but from the ESV it says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter. The NIV uses the word activity under heaven. Just that one verse. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Repeat after me. Say, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. One more time. Say, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Now we can go to work. Father, we thank you for you. We pray that you would just speak through me as I interact with this beautiful body of believers, Lord. Um, I believe what you've deposited within me is a right now word for where we are today. So I am praying that you would just speak to me, speak through me, God, so I can be clear. And, and so, God, that we can recognize what you're doing, how you're doing what you're doing, and we can be about your business. So, Holy Spirit, I submit everything that we've ingested, everything that we've studied, everything that we've prepared, that, God, you would be glorified. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. So that first slide on the screen, um, let me, I'm going to explain that as much as I can today. Uh, moment plus movement equals mission. And uh, turn to me real quick and say, neighbor, seize the moment. <laughs> yeah, seize the moment. Tell the other neighbor, say, other neighbor, seize the moment. Yeah. The problem with a lot of us is not that God doesn't speak, but I think God speaks to us. And if you're like me and you're entrepreneurial, or not even entrepreneurial, if you're just a normal person for that matter, most of us have ideas on how we can live life, on how we can be better. A lot of us have business ideas that God may have deposited within our spirit, um, thoughts that God may have given us on how we can turn things around, how we can get to the next place with him. The issue a lot of times is not God speaking, but the issue comes down to us, myself and yourself, doing nothing about what God said. Is that a fair statement? Or let me, let me go the other way. Let me go the other way. Or maybe it's not so much that we don't do nothing about what God says, but more times than often, we don't know how to do anything about what God says. I mean, come on. Is that another way to look at it? I mean, take, for example, you may have a business idea, and you, here's the thought. If I only had somebody to help me with a business plan or somebody to help me with the resources, so we feel in and of ourselves we don't have what's necessary to accomplish what we sense God is saying or to realize our purposes and our destiny in Christ. So I want to begin the whole purpose and the entirety of this series that we're going to talk about is to get to breakout, not only in church, but in our personal lives and the ministries that God has deposited within us, we need to learn how to seize the moment and turn that into a movement so we can accomplish our mission. Does that make sense? So we need to learn how to seize the moment. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 5 verse 17. He puts it this way. He says, my father is always at work. And then he says, because my father is always at work, he ends up saying, I too am always working. So here's what that means. Jesus on his earthly journey did not do anything that God was not already doing. Very, very, very important statement. I want you to hear me say that because if you're here and you are a child of God, we should be just like Jesus and only do what God is already doing. Does that make sense? My favorite author, Henry Blackaby, takes it and he rephrases it a little differently. And he says, find out where God is working 
or what God is doing and then join God in his work. I'm going to put this on the screen in a little while, but my problem is I have an idea and I want God to come where I am and I refuse to go where God is. Right? God, I have an idea and I'm going to take it to the Lord in prayer. <laughs> and the objective and the motive of my prayer is to move God on my time frame and bring God where I am as opposed to being where God is. Now, say grace moment. Say it again. Say grace moment. Now, I want you to get this word in your phrase because here's what a grace moment is. A grace moment is God gracing us to see what he is doing while on mission in the earth. And then he allows us with the privilege to recognize what he's doing. Then he gives us the opportunity to receive the blessing of partnership with him. I want you to process this. I'm going to be very didactic this morning because I want you to understand. Let me read it again. A grace moment is God gracing us. He graced me. He graced you to see what he's already doing um, while on mission in the earth. And then he allows us the privilege of recognizing or seeing what he's doing. Then he gives us the opportunity to receive the blessing of a partnership if we join God in what he's doing. So, so let, me, let me give you some practical and then we're going to talk to it. I mean, the entirety of Scripture is filled with God already doing something. Then he invites the saints to come along and work with him in what he is doing. And he blesses them because they worked with him. Does that make sense? I mean, if I were to be, begin with the, is the story of Noah, right, in the book of Genesis, here is what was happening. Noah was not praying God kill the people on the earth. God said, I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood because man has been sin sinful. And so here's what happened. God had a grace moment with Noah because the scripture says God found favor or Noah was found righteous in the eyes of God. So God approaches Noah, invites him to see what he's already doing, and Noah partners with God and he receives the blessing for working where God is already working. Does that make sense, guys? Come on, say amen. Say amen if you shall. I want you all to get this. No different with Abraham. Here's what God says to Abraham. Leave your place and go to a place that I'm going to show you. It wasn't that Abraham had a desire to build a great nation and to make his name great and to be this mighty, phenomenal person of these people with descendants as numerous as the sand of the sea. God had a design to save the earth. And he calls Noah and he says, Noah, look what I'm doing. A grace moment. Leave the place that I'm going to show you and work with me. And the result is Noah, I mean, Abraham received the blessing. The Israelites today, come on, are you with me? Um, the fact that the, the lineage through which Christ came is a result of Noah's grace moment with God. The story of Joseph, y'all know this, come on. Joseph, his moment was kind of strange because God already wanted the, the Israelites in the land of Egypt to pre pre preserve them from the famine. So Joseph's moment was his daddy giving him a coat of many colors. You know the end of the story. He worked with God. Now, the, the reason I like Joseph so much is because his working with God didn't always look good. In jail in Potiphar's house. Come on now. 
in, in prison, uh, folk lying on him, people leaving him in prison. But at the end of the story, because he remained faithful in working where God was working, he ended up on the throne. Come on, y'all. We don't like the Joseph thing because here's the mistake we make. When it looks bad, we want to say God is not in it. Right? Why can he not still be in it? These are grace moments, okay? Um, matter of fact, even Paul, even Paul, um, I can talk about Moses, but in the interest of time, Paul on his call on the road to Damascus, he was going persecuting the saints. God calls him. God gives him an encounter with him, a grace moment, an encounter with God, and the rest is history. We have this guy who writes two-thirds of the New Testament as a result of him being obedient and listening to God. So here's what the thing, Listen, I want you all to get this. The grace moment down then are those inspiring encounters with God when he deposits a new innovation in your spirit and you are faced with the challenge of integrating that encounter into your already busy life. I'm going to make, turn, I'm going to turn that into English in a little while. Here's the grace moment is. You're going about minding your own business, sleep, enjoying life, going to work every day. Then all of a sudden God shows up. And you have an encounter with him. And he says to you, here's what I want you to do. And we're faced now with the challenge of do we obey God or do we do us? Are you with me? So we have to integrate what God is doing and what God is saying into our already busy life. And man, that is, is a challenge. In other words, God shows us where he is working. He shows us what he is doing. And it's up to you and I to receive the blessing of God in working with what God is already doing. And we miss it. And because we don't align with God, we miss it. So, so here's what a grace moment looks like. A grace moment could be the time when God deposits the idea, the revelation, the dream in your life to either be respond to a call in ministry, to start a business, to start a new venture, to relocate, to change, to do something. And for whatever the reason we are so afraid or better stated, we don't trust God even though we heard from him. We do nothing about it, and we suffer the consequences. Grace moment. Okay? So turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, seize the moment. Once again, say, seize the moment. I want you all to get this. Now, let me, let me hit this real quick. So now a movement, a movement occurs when, I'm going to give you some examples, when an individual seizes the opportunity afforded by the grace moment and then they take the necessary steps to continually work with God in what he is already doing. I'll give you some example of that. Let me give you this other uh, definition. Then we're going to talk about that in a little while, okay? So um, let me see if this will go on. Well, this is where, um, give me a quick second. Okay. Uh, see if this is going. Okay, don't worry about that. So here's what Rick Warren says. In his book, In Purpose Driven Church, Rick Warren puts it this way. If you want your church to explode with growth, you have to stop praying, Lord, bless what I'm doing, and instead start praying, Lord, help me to do what you are blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what Rick says. He says, he says, if you want growth, now let me go here. Even in your life, even in your ministry, it's not so much, Lord, bless what I'm doing, but instead start praying, Lord, help me to do what you're already blessing. 
okay? If I were to go back to the years of the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King's grace moment was his heart and his passion for a people that were being marginalized. Now, he didn't come up with this idea all by himself. God gave him a grace moment because God wanted people delivered. God wanted people set free. And this is what Martin did. He worked with God in what God was already doing, and that moment turned into a movement. You guys are tracking with me. I don't want to confuse anybody. It's just making sense, okay? Um, Let me give you a couple of examples, and then we can walk through this with with some illustrations. So movements then, movements come as a result of a grace moment or that encounter with what God is already doing. Now, here's my my, my challenge. My challenge with the church is, is we're so busy having church that we miss the moments And because we miss the moments, we never get involved in the movement, or the moments never turn to movements, okay? And the world now is reaping the benefits of where we should be the benefactors, but we're too busy in the church having church. Does this make sense? I mean, you look at all the secular agencies when a crisis happens in the world, okay? They, they, they don't know what it is, but they naturally respond to the thing. And some of our greatest philanthropic organizations, I mean, Save the World, or, or some of the greatest um, crisis intervention agencies that exist, they're, they're a movement today because of a moment in time in what God was doing, and they joined him, and saved or not, they're reaping the blessing of what God is doing. Y'all confused. Here's how God says it. I reign on the just. Yeah, yeah. It's the principle of rain. It's the principle of rain, okay? When it falls, if you have seed in the ground, the seed is going to reap the benefit of the rain. I wish I had somebody in here. It's just that I wish, it's just that I wish the church were more in tune with what God is doing and aligned with the move of God to receive the blessing of what God is already doing. Let me give you some examples of that real quick. So here's the thing. God encountered Abraham. He said, leave his home. And that grace moment turned into a movement of the entire nation of Israel. Are you guys tracking with me? Okay. The same thing with Noah. Jesus calls 12 disciples. Watch this. He goes to Peter, James, John, Andrew, Bartholomew, Thaddeus, all of them. He calls them all, and each and every one of them had an encounter with God. They turned that moment into a movement, and today you and I are worshiping today in a church that's the result of a movement that they started over 2,000 years ago. Are you with me? Moments are once in a lifetime. Movements should outlive you. I mean, I'm being cautious with how I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. The reason movements don't outlive us is come of some of us are too selfish. It's about us and right now, and we miss what God is saying and what God is doing. Does this make sense, guys? Movements should outlive you. Come on, say, movement should outlive me. Say it again. Say, movement should outlive me. Now, let me say a couple of things, and then I'm going to go through the text. Not all moments are movements. I want you to hear me say that. Okay? Not all moments are movements. Now, here's the other thing. Movements cannot be engineered. 
I mean, moments cannot be engineered. Let me tell you what, what I mean by that. Don't waste time saying, I would like to, and then ask God. Don't try to manipulate God to come on our timetable to do what we want to do. The principle that I'm trying to get you to understand, you find out what God is doing. Then you join him in what he is already doing, turn it into a movement so it could transcend or outlive us. Does this make sense? So we work where God is already working. I, I could just say, say work where God, work God is already working. Now listen to this, okay? Mo movements are needed for moments to accomplish mission. I'm going to explain that. God is on mission to reconcile the earth. So a moment is when he calls you, when he calls the church, when he invites us to work with him. We need to do something differently to work with God so we can accomplish what God wants done. Now, this statement, I'm hoping it hurts nobody's feeling. For movements to accomplish mission, it requires people within which whom God is already working. I'll say it again. For a movement to accomplish mission, we've got to find people who had a grace moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tracy, I'm going to use you. It's no accident that Tracy had a grace moment. Showed up. We recognized the grace moment in her. Turned it into a movement. And the best Easter production that we've ever put on. You kind of get, you see the principles of it? As opposed to me going to Robert and say, Robert, we want to put on an Easter production. And he's like, okay, let me go figure out how to do it and I'll come back and do it. God is not working here. You find people within which God is already, yeah, you get it. Y'all get it. You kind of get what I'm saying, okay? It's the whole thing of trying to find out what God is doing and work with God where he is working. Okay, those of you that have been members of Restoration for a long time know the tension we've been going through with worship and all that good stuff. You think this is going to sound so callous, but please hear the spirit and the heart in which I'm saying what I'm about to say, and I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. For any person in here who thinks that for one moment that it was an accident that Tony got sick. And then all of a sudden, this red shirt wearing brother right over here <laughs> shows up in this season. You kind of get what I'm saying? And you take the moment, turn it into a movement and look at the worship call. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on, come on. I I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. So the thing with me and the thing with you is we need to look at ourselves introspectively whenever we have those moments with God and say to him, God, what is this all about? What do you want me to do? Where are you taking me? What are you saying to me? And then you move with God. The problem is we give the devil too much credence for stuff God is already trying to do. Come on, say grace moments. 
That's how God works. That's how God works. Now, the, the key is, the key is here, the key is, the key is, don't try to build something that God isn't building. Don't try to work where God is not working. The reason a lot of our business ventures have already failed and the reason we're not making it in business is because we saw somebody else do it and they were successful doing it, so we're trying to be like them. Could it be that God was working in them in that moment so they can turn it into a movement and it's not your call? I always try to say to forget your own business. <laughs> Are you with me? Quit trying to mimic. Quit trying to mimic. Here's the reason I'm saying all that is because God is on mission to redeem the world, and he does, it does not anticipate or expect that everybody in his church look alike, function alike, and operate alike. We all have unique giftings. The problem with the church is because we see this person doing that, just like the secular world and the business venture, if they're successful doing it, maybe I ought to do it too. And we pray, God, anoint my voice so I can sing. God, anoint my heart so I can preach. God, bless me. Maybe that's not for you. So here's how the psalmist put it. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. In the house of the Lord, than to try to be something that God did not call me or positioned or ordained to me. I'm going to say this now and I'll say it again at the end of the message. When this church aligns with God in the areas of giftedness, we will be amazed at what God will do. Are you hearing me? Now, let me say this. Let me say I'm going to hit this in the text. One of my motivations for this sermon is the challenge that we're going through with our Christian Academy, our school. Struggle, it's been a struggle, it's been a struggle, it's been a struggle. And the issue is, somebody say, well, was that a grace moment? Was God speaking? I'll say, yeah. Um, was it a time to turn it into a movement? I'll say, yeah. But I'll say to you, the challenge is God needs to send people within which he's already working for the thing to get where God wants it to go. We got to be okay with that. Come on, y'all. We have to be okay with that for us to move with God and get to where God is going. So let me show you this in the text now. Go with me back to Ecclesiastes, and let me show you this, and I'll explain it this way. And then I'm going to move through this so you can hear and trust, because there's a lot of other scriptures I want to take you to. Notice what Ecclesiastes says. For everything, there is a season, and there is a time for every matter or the, I'm still the, the um, NIV's word, activity under heaven. Say this out loud. Say a season for everything, season for everything. and a time for every matter. Every Say it again. Say a season for everything, season for everything. and a time for every matter. Every now, I'm going to give this away to encourage you to come to church at least for the next four weeks. This is what you're going to hear three weeks from now, two weeks from now, um, that the season, but the time wasn't yet. And I'll, I'll hit that in a little while, okay? So two words. Um, the, word, the word for season uh, is the word zeman, which is the Hebrew word zeman. And let me tell you what that word means, and I'll go into time. It means a particular time of year or in the cosmic realm or the cosmological realm, a particular time when something happens. I'll give you some examples of that. Um, in, in the world, as we know, there's four seasons. There's winter, there is summer, there is autumn. Um, and what's the other one? Thank you, yeah, okay. Whew, Lord, help me. Yeah, <laughs> and there's spring. 
four seasons. You guys are tracking with me. And you, you, you know seasons, um, like, for example, we just, um, the, the where, is it basketball season we're in right now? Yeah, we're in basket. It's the season for basketball. So if you turn your television on, you probably won't watch um, football, right? Now, we just finished football season, and it was football season. Everybody tracking with me, right? Now, this is going to jack you up. But it was not North Carolina's time. Football season. Here we go. Here we go. But it was Broncos time. Yeah, I expected that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of get what I'm saying. I want you all to track with me. Because so here's what the author is saying is there are seasons when God is doing things in the earth realm. And even within the season, everything must align with a unique time within the season. So here's what we say theologically. Lord, it's my season. It's my season. I'm about to be blessed. No, no. Because it's season doesn't mean your time is in that season. <sighs> we, 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 we're going to lock this up. So, so, so here's what happens. Within seasons, now we have moments or times when God will begin to speak and hear this out carefully, we have to turn those moments into movements so we can accomplish mission. Let me explain. I'll give you, well, let me give you two more. Because it's hurricane season doesn't mean that a hurricane is happening at this time. But it's still hurricane season. So when I go to the Caribbean diving, I go hurricane season because it's cheap and everybody's afraid. <laughs> so I get cheap tickets, fancy resorts, because I understand seasons and times. So here's what I do. Before I go diving, I look on the horizon for the cloud. Because I know because of season, time can be any time. Oh, come on, come on. Are you checking with me? You get what I'm saying? So, so I caution myself in how I implement things within season. You see this in the agricultural realm. Because it's seasons of grape, it doesn't mean it's time for the grapes to be right yet. So here's what happens. During, during the, the season of the grapes, God releases a principle in the atmospheric realm that says, in this particular season, I am releasing the word or, or something in the atmospheric realm. You're going to see this next week that says, great, in this season you're going to produce. But even within the season, there's timing. So here's what happens. The, 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 the grapevine has a moment where God speaks. And here's what the moment looks like. It starts out with a bud. But even though the bud is there, it doesn't mean it's time to harvest. I, I, I'm forced to application right here. Church people are extremely guilty of reaping harvest on just a bud. Y'all missed that. 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 
and we misinterpret buds for fruit because we say it's my season, so it must be. No, 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 no. It might not be time to reap a harvest yet because, because I'm called to preach. That means I need to be preaching right now. The moment might just be the bud. Because I have the gift of singing, doesn't mean I ought to be singing right now. The moment might just be the bud. Because I can play, doesn't mean I ought to be playing right now. The moment could just be the bud. Turning it into a movement means that the farmer cultivates the soil. He digs around it. And he turns that moment into a movement. So years later, he can reap a harvest because mission I need two folk that, that are hearing me this morning. Let me know I'm not dumb. Come on, y'all. And you're hearing this with me. My problem in ministry, in life, in business is because I've so misinterpreted the word that I speak prophetically into my own life and I start saying things like I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beyond. I'm in front and not behind. And because it's the season, I'm looking for harvest and God hasn't even provided the bud yet. Come on, talk to me, somebody. And when it doesn't happen in the time that I think it ought to happen. Here's what happens in that germination process. Character is birthed into that fruit. <laughs> and the sweetness of the fruit is predicated on the work that the farmer does on the vine. But it only happens in season. Are you tracking with me? The reason a lot of us look a mess right now. <laughs> farmer's not done with his work. And we got attitude and crazy stuff and we can't handle God's process and we mess up people. The reason the business can't work well is because in the bud, you sold the bud as opposed to letting it germinate and you got a couple of dollars and you went and got a gold tooth. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I mean, say it differently, a gold chain, a gold chain, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and we sell the bud. Listen to me. We sell the bud. Now, I ain't no beamer. Beamers only come when you got fruits. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, they give back at me. It's okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. But here's the point. We sell the bud and wonder why we could never get to fruit. Because we take the moment and try to prosper on the moment. We never go through the movement process so we can never see mission. Does this make sense, guys? I, I, I need to walk through this carefully. I need, I need us to, to not miss what I'm saying because this is a very, very important time. So the text says, for everything, there's a season. And then for the activity in the season, there is timing. So we wait on God's time, even though the season is now. So the possibility exists that it could be your season and not your time. You got to be okay with that. This is going to jack you up. You don't dictate to the farmer time. The farmer dictates to the fruit. <laughs> 
Everybody okay with that? Turn to the broker and said, neighbor, I wonder if you're a farmer. <laughs> Everybody okay with me? Okay. Now, now, <laughs> let me, let me, uh, so, so seize the moment. If we're going to seize the moment, if we're going to seize the moment, we must understand the season and the timing of God. I, I remember as a young preacher, I was called to preach um, in, I mean, this is, some of y'all wasn't born yet, back in 1988. And as a preacher, man, I'm hungry to preach. Put me up, pastor, put me up, 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 so on and so forth. A young bud, young, don't know what I'm doing. <sighs> but I thank God for the men that were in my life that taught me how to wait for my time. Let me show you how moving out of time messes you up. You hear me say time and time again that Katani and I, for the first 16 years of marriage, was a mess. Y'all heard me say that. I mean, it was nothing but not good. Now imagine, I'm preaching and I'm pastoring during the worst years of my marriage. Imagine what I was doing to people. Imagine the damage that I caused in the life of people because of my premature being picked off the vine. And it's all because folk in the church, you ought to tell them to put you up. You can preach you better than he is. You know you got word up. But can't nobody exegete the text like you. Deacons, y'all ought to call a deacon meeting and tell, put Put Rem Gilbert up. Go pick him off the vine before the gardener gets done doing all the work on him. And that's what happened. That's what happened. Jacked up marriage. Come on, y'all. Jacked up church. Hurt people. Doing damage to people. Excuse the metaphor. Because the wine was served before its time. Moment does not mean mission. Moment means process to organize for movement so that in time, mission can be accomplished. All moment says is that you are at the beginning of season. All it says. It doesn't mean now is the time. Come on, talk with me, y'all. Are you hearing me? Are we okay with this? Okay. Let me give you a couple of scriptures, then we're going to wrap this up. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. I'm going to walk through. Um, see if I can get this up there because I want that to stay up there for a little while. Okay, good. Isaiah 55, and I'm going to walk you through a couple of scriptures, then we're going to stop. And jump down to verse 8. And I'm going to read fast. So I have a few scriptures to show you. Yeah. You guys are there? Okay. Now watch this. Watch this. Verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways declares who? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, 
So are my ways higher than what? And my thoughts higher than what? Now, now let me, I'm going to hit verse 10 because I'm going to spend a lot of time with that next week. For as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth the sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread for the eater, so shall it be with my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me, what? Empty or void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Does that make sense? Let me tell you what that says that it relates to moments. When God releases a word and you and I have a moment or an encounter with God, that thing cannot die unless it does what God tells it to do. We're going to flesh that out next week. Does that make sense? And the only reason is because God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Go over to Jeremiah real quick. Jeremiah chapter 1, next book over. And go to verse 5. I'm going to show you all some things. I'm going to put these scriptures together. Okay. You there? Okay. I'm sorry. I have an electronic device so I can go fast. Um, I want you to hear these passages. You guys are there with me? Look at what verse 5 says. Before I formed you in the womb, I what? And before you were born, I ordained or consecrated you and I appointed you as a what? Prophet to who? Very, very important thing. Very, very important thing because I want, I want you all to hear what I'm saying. So here's what that text is saying. Before I even release the word on, on what I want you to do in the earth realm, I knew you before I created you and I deposited destiny in you. Okay? So, so here's the thing. I, I kind of pre-wired you to do a certain things. Then I gave birth to you and I sent you into the earth realm. And then when I sent you, the moment you show up, my word was released over your life. Everybody okay with me? Okay, let's go to Proverbs 19 real quick. So three things, and then we're going to flesh this out real quick. Proverbs 19. I need to walk through these scriptures because I want you all to see them for yourself. Around verse 22, I know I said 21 up there. Yeah. I want to jump down a little bit. Yeah. We're in the right place. Hang on a quick second. Did I get the right? Proverbs 19. Hmm. I think I have the wrong chapter here. The one that talks about, I know the plans. No, uh, how's that go? Many of the plans of a man's heart. 1921? Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, good. There it is right there. Thank you all. Okay. You look at what this says. Many are the plans of, in the mind of a man, but it is What? The purpose of the Lord that will what? Yeah, yeah. Here's me. I went to college to be an electrical engineer. I graduated as an electrical engineer, and um, I go to the corporate world, and I'm working in the corporate world as an electrical engineer, making gobs and gobs and gobs and gobs of money. And I'm saying to God, hey, man, thank you for making me to do this. And God says, psych. <laughs> um, I just needed you to learn some technology stuff. So when you stand to preach, you can design your own systems. Because the people that you're going to lead in don't have the money like they do in suburbia. And you can look like suburbia even though you're in the hood. So I'm like, you ain't had to let me waste all that money in college. Hey, I paid you back, didn't I? Right? And then on that continuum, he calls me, even though I had plans, it was his purpose. 
So you better check your business plan against God's purposes. Come on, is this making sense? You better check your ideas against God's what? Purposes. Very, very important because he knows the plans he has for us. He ordained us before we came into the world. And even though we may have plans, he sets it in place. Now go to Acts chapter 17. This one will really mess you up. Acts chapter 17. I'm almost there. Acts 17. What verse is that? 21, yeah. 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 Jump down to 22. Yeah, let's look at 22. Interest of time. You know, I like this in the NIV, but I'll read it in the ESV and interpret. You guys are there? So here's Paul standing in the midst of the Areopagus. He said, men of Athens, I perceive that you in every way are a very religious people. For I, as I passed along and observed the object of your worship, I found also an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. Look at 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by men, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Verse 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. And look at this. Having determined allotted periods or seasons, okay, and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Verse 27. He did this that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of them. Let me tell you what verse 26 says in the NIV. It says, it is that he has made him from one man from every nation of men to live on the face of the earth. And he determined the exact places where they should live. Let me tell you what that means. It's like God is this great cosmic chess player. <laughs> that knows to position the pawns. And the kings and the bishops and the queens exactly on the spaces on the board that he needs them to be. So in the end, his mission can be accomplished. So here's how I want you all to get this with me. Nobody in this room lives in Denver, Colorado in this season at this time by accident. <laughs> I want you to hear me. Okay, because I want us to understand the moments of God so we can turn those into movements so we can accomplish the mission of God. I have this funny thing that I say to my wife, and we joke about this all the time. I was in the Air Force for four years, and I was um, in, I think it was Lackland Air Force Base. You go through basic training. I came to Laurie for tech school, and then subsequent to Laurie, I was scheduled to go to Mather Air Force Base in Sacramento, California. I had orders, I had everything, bags were packed. Um, the morning I got up to go board, was it the C-130 or something to catch that hop to go over to Mayfair Air Force Base, they came from the administration building and said to me, we don't know what happened, but your orders have been changed. And here's what they said, you're going to Tucson, Arizona. And I'm like, Tucson? Um, yeah, that's how you say it. Anybody from Tucson know how to say it. Tucson? I'm like, Tucson? What's in Tucson? Well, I went to Tucson, 
And I got off the, the plane back then. They didn't have jetways. I got on this runway, and it was so hot. I'm like, Lord, you didn't have to send me to hell now. I thought I was living right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this thing was so hot that I got there. And, and, and so I went to the base, and I checked in, and I was learning to play basketball. So I joined the basketball team. We had a couple of games and all that good stuff. I came home one there, and this beautiful, fine-looking sister was sitting there. Hey, gorgeous. And, you know, and, and I, I did this. I did this. You know what? Act 17 is true. You canceled my flight from Sacramento to bring me to Tucson just to meet the woman of my dream. God, you must know what you're doing. I want you all to hear me. I want you all to hear me. I want you to hear me. Then he places me in IBM in Tucson, and he decides he wants me there, so I'm doing there, and then I'm, I'm bivocational pastoring a church. I realize I'm ill-equipped. My marriage is jacked up. I'm messing people up. He says, listen, boy, I got to fix you. So he relocates my company to Boulder, Colorado, just so he could get me here to go to Denver Seminary to get the equipping that I need so my marriage could be fixed, so my life could be healed, so I could give birth to a church called Restoration Christian Fellowship in Denver, Colorado. Don't tell me God doesn't know what he's doing. Don't tell me God doesn't know what he's doing. Let me pick on my friend Tony for a little while. If you think it's an accident that he relocated from Dallas, Texas to be here, you're fooling yourself. God has picked up a piece and God is relocating because when God gets done with this music department, when God gets done with this church, he's going to take a moment, turn it into a movement to accomplish the mission that he wants done in the earth realm. We need to get out of God's way. Here's what we do. Marcus, when God is moving, we want to spend time analyzing God as opposed to working. Yeah, y'all got it. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. Are we going to miss God sometimes? Yeah, because we're not God. You kind of get what I'm saying? But when God gives you a grace moment, you better stop and ask God what you're doing. Are you hearing me? Let me go here. And, and I'm going to just be naked and transparent with you all, and I don't want to offend nobody in this place. Listen to me carefully. Our academy was a hot mess. Hot mess. When I say hot mess, hot mess. just don't say it out loud. We failing inspections, write-ups like crazy, and then out of nowhere, that lady over there, raise your hand, girl, shows up. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, I want to adjourn church. And she didn't say it like that. In new members class, we go around the room and we ask stuff. And she said she's got all these years of um, working in early childhood, so on and so forth. Grace moment. Stuff you don't deserve. We took her, put her in the center. I kid you not, within two or three weeks... All the write-ups are done. I kid you not. I kid you not. I want you all to hear what I'm saying. God is going to position who he wants to position because of the purpose that he has for this house and this ministry. 
He's going to send gifted individuals, qualified individuals to do what God wants done. Here's what the leadership of this church need to learn to do. Find the grace moments of God. Here's what the people of God need to do. Acknowledge that God is moving in my life. Connect with the leadership. Align with the church. Turn the moment into a movement so the mission can be accomplished. Are you with me? Okay. And, 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 and for those of you that are thinking the purpose of the school is to make money and all that stuff. No, 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 no. It's to join God in his mission with saving the world. We don't want to have a regular school. We want a Christian school where children are being brought to a relationship with God. Are you hearing me? Where people are coming to know God like who he is. And unless we're doing that, we are failing God in his mission. This church is all about the mission of God. And so God sends you. And he graces you with a moment. He deposits gifts in you. It is no accident that you're here. We all fit somewhere. But we need to quit saying, I want to be like that. No, I want to be like me. He has uniquely shaped. He has uniquely called before the foundations of the world. Okay, here's what Jeremiah, Isaiah 43 says, and y'all know Romans 8, 28. Behold, I am doing a new thing, he says. A new thing, a new thing. I'm taking you places you haven't been before. I'm showing you things you haven't seen before. Come on, because here's what you can't do. You can't come to worship saying we hadn't done it like that before. That's what a new thing is all about. You might get your deliverance in the worship. Are you hearing me? You can't come to prayer and say, well, we hadn't prayed like that before. No, 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 no. God is doing something fresh, something new, because Denver is a mess, and he needs a church that's uniquely positioned to come into this city and to turn it around that will not compromise on the word of God. And will love people for who they are. Too many ministries are conforming and they're missing the mission. We cannot afford to miss the mission of God. So he gives moments. And out of those moments, he turns them into movements so we can accomplish his mission. So if you're doing it and God's mission is here, but we're there, shut it down and align with God. Are you hearing me? So all y'all that God has been sending, y'all been jacking up my prayer life. But I'm loving it because I'm saying, Lord, what are you doing? Tracy, you got me praying, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It's good. Tony got me praying. Marcus got me praying. All y'all got me praying. Jerona got me praying. Lisa got me praying. All of us got us praying because here's my prayer. Oh, Lord, these moments. Hmm. You must have a plan. And I thought I had you figured out. But obviously I don't. Because I can't engineer a moment. He will bring whoever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. And he puts the pieces together. And it's no different in your life and in my life. Here's a sad commentary with, with, with um. Moments, movements, and missions, okay? And this is not an indictment on any person out here. There are some of you that are sitting in the congregation that are gifted beyond nobody's business in an area that we're struggling in. But you're sitting back watching. I'm praying that God will say, okay, you heard the word, get up. Come on, y'all. 
Let's get in the game. Let's get in the game. I'm done. But here's what I want to say for those that are here. Come on, worship team. I want us all, the reason I, 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 God is laying this message on my heart is twofold. That we can begin the process of searching ourselves and saying to God, number one, God, let me be sensitive to your moments in my personal life. What are you doing to me personally, God, that I should be cognizant of? And secondly, in my professional and my ministry life, God, what are you doing right now that you're inviting me to turn it into a movement so I can work with you? And I want you to take some time just in prayer. We're going to flesh this out a little more next week as we kind of walk through this. But just go to God in prayer. And if you're here and you don't know God as personal Lord and Savior, here's, and I know we're a little over time, but be patient with us. Here's my prayer. That you begin the process of saying, God, I'm seeing that this begins with an intimate personal relationship with you. I need to invite you into my life. I need to be saved. I need to know you like that. And if you're here and you have not said yes to God, this is your moment. <laughs> this is your encounter. This is the voice of God speaking. Hearken not your heart and turn that movement into a movement a lifelong walk on the spiritual journey with God to accomplish God's mission in your life. So I'm inviting the saints to prayers your head bow, bow with your head, bow your eyes. And if God is speaking, I need you to open your hearts this morning. And ask God just to speak. Ask him to speak. Ask him to speak. Ask him to speak. Ask him to speak. Ministers, come this morning. Come. Y'all be patient with us this morning. Just a couple more things to do. Come this morning. Come. Holy Spirit, you're a wonderful God. You're a magnificent God. You leave your home in glory, God, just to come and unite with us to bring us into our relationship with you. You are doing some phenomenal things in our midst. And for that, we worship you, God. You're positioning pieces and people. And God, when we learn to adjust and join with you, God, we're the benefactor of it. So I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for who you are, God. For that person that's sitting there that has not said yes to you yet, draw them, God. Draw them to a relationship. Draw them to a place to say, God, I need you like that. I want to know you like that. I want to accept you into my life as personal Lord and Savior. And then God, for that believer, God, that's been sitting on the gift, had the moment but haven't converted it into a movement to establish a legacy that results in mission, God. Draw them, God. Let us all repent and say, God, use me. God, use me. Because I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose. I'm not just here to warm the bench. I'm not just here to attend good worship and, and a good word and go home. I am here for a purpose. So Holy Spirit, be God in our lives. Be God in our midst. Thank you for what you're going to do. You're a wonderful God, Lord. Draw. In your name we pray. Amen.